right, welcome back to the Realtors for Life podcast today. On the podcast, we have our good friend, David Coscarella. Thanks uh, he's for a having lawyer me. here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lawyer here in Windsor, real estate law, um, and we've formed quite a good relationship with him over the past mm-hmm. few months, and he's gone to bat for us a lot, and he's here to kind of talk about, uh, well, a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. We're, well, we're going to get into that. Well, one, I want to I want to thank Krista for introducing us to David. Yes. Um, Krista and David uh, had met each other. Way back. <laughs> way back. It's true. Uh, thank you. Um, but David, your your business model that um, you and Christian are, are running over at Simply Close um, is a little different than, and I think it's maybe the way things are starting to trend since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't mind, before we kind of get into the podcast. If you can kind of explain a little bit about the business and the business model that you uh, you guys are running. Yeah, sure. So um, so Christian kind of took advantage of, of COVID and started a firm that was based on like signing remote, completely remote and um, electronic signatures, because before a lot of lawyers didn't accept uh, electronic signatures. They wanted, you know, the wedding signatures with pen or pencil, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so then COVID came around. A lot of lawyers started allowing the DocuSign and, and the, the electronic signatures. And so then he started his own firm kind of based around that and knowing that it probably wouldn't go back to the to that norm just because that's the way we're we're heading. Just look at, you know, people just working work from home mentality, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So so basically from that he started his own um like software he works with a software engineer that kind of develops um like this the signing for remote signing remote with clients so they don't need need to come into the office we do sign with them still in the office but it's uh face-to-face interaction through the video conference and then you have to actually like click to sign um so it's they understand everything too you're not just sending everything to them and saying sign here you know they that software proprietary like like you actually like made that software the the actual signing program is just a program it's called singer fee so that one is not it's that one we just use we just pay for per use but the actual program that he uses to like um collect client info um schedule meetings stuff like that that's kind of he's working with someone that is yeah it's kind of proprietary does that have to um abide by sort of the 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 legal professions rules and regulations and things now when you're doing all this stuff sort of online more rather than in person well there's a there's certain ways of like commissioning documents so like it's, it's it's a lot for like generating the standard sort of vendor documents that gotcha. have to be be uh signed by them or purchaser documents and then for for signing um like say commissioning it's got to be declared uh remotely so it it kind of for everything you kind of you're filling it out based on what the client's information they provide us and then we kind of put it on our own information and it generates the documents to then allow us to sign remote virtually with them as well. I just so. think that's the way everybody Definitely. wants to go. It's the way. It is it's the, the way, way of the world. Going. And like, why would you not want to sign with your lawyer while you're in your pajamas? <laughs> right. right? Then have to get dressed up and doing, go yeah. across town and go to the right. 14th floor of a building. And ooh, yeah. you got a nice view, but I really don't want to be here. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> you know and I mean? also think of the time of this person's life when they're trying to do this transaction and how chaotic it might be to run from here and there and trying to pack your house and trying to, you know, set up your utilities and everything one less thing right yeah, <laughs> you can do it from true. the comfort true. of your home yeah with the scheduled time that works for everybody like there's there's so much value to that I well think. and and not to mention out of town exactly like yeah. i bought i was living in toronto when i bought a house here when mm-hmm. my wife and i were moving to windsor and that was a difficult 
thing. It was like, when do we come and meet with the lawyer? When do we come down to get the keys? When do we come down for our final walkthrough? All like have to, having to schedule all of those different things mm -hmm. to be able to at least take one of those exactly. pieces mm -hmm. out and say, hey, we can do this all right. from your condo in Toronto. Yeah. Right. No big deal. Yeah. You know, from beginning to end, we, we can meet with the clients virtually. We can even show houses virtually if they don't live in town by walking through, taking videos, virtual tours and all those things. You can do all the contracts virtually. You can now sign the documents virtually. Yep. You can meet with the lawyer virtually. You can get the mon money transferred uh, virtually. And then it really just comes down to the one thing that has never changed in 100 years, and that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> it's like with all the smart homes and yep. technology, why is every house not a fingerprint well, or, they're or a code? Gonna, yeah, yeah. I know that exists, to. but it's like it's crazy that the key is still such a old school thing that we yeah. use. And for some reason, it's still an argument between all parties in oh the transaction. Gosh, it's it's like, get... how's the key yeah. going to get yeah. to the client? It's like, well, you, you give it to them. Yeah. No. We don't want to touch the key. You yeah. give it to them. <laughs> we should just make it a mandatory thing in Canada. Everybody has to own some sort of digital like smart, yeah, lock. smart lock. Yeah. yeah. Wrong? And we're all hiding. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. how are we still hiding keys and planters and under rocks and fake rocks and yeah. like things right? like the key just blows my mind that with all the technology and all the things like we just said, you can go through an entire process, but the key it's the, yeah that's the key yeah. yeah and it's not even that sophisticated it's just a freaking key yeah, like, yeah. um yeah. so yeah it's that's awesome so it really just comes down to facilitating the the key pickup and it's that easy i it's mean no, no more sitting there going over a stack of paper at the office um having to find parking having to set up an yeah. appointment out of your day um, it can be a lot easier. Well, one of really the things like that, that I really love that you, you talked about when we met with you um, a few weeks ago was uh, just how you do great follow-up with the clients through the, through the process. Because we've worked with a lot of lawyers in the past who, you know, they're so busy and, and they've kind of been set in their ways for so long that it's like the client might not even hear from that lawyer mm -hmm. until a week before closing. And in that time period in that couple months preceding that might not even know how the transaction's going and do you have everything from me that you need and is everything going to be fine when i come in you know two days prior to close or mm -hmm. you guys have a really good follow-up system yeah so do. so so we start by like uh sending out the information sheet that they have to like fill out that's something where if you're at you know another firm the, the law clerk would be collecting all that information so it frees up a lot of. I, I find that the the process that we have because it's so, um, it's done like electronic. It frees up a lot of our time uh, to to focus more on satisfying the client, updating them, uh, answering any questions they have. Like Christian and I both will answer the phones for them a lot of times. I know with other lawyers, it's so tough to get through to them. They're either dealing with the assistant or something like that. And then even with the realtors, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're able to answer questions if it comes down to it, um, you know, if they're drafting agreements or stuff yeah. like that. Because that's one big thing, too, is that in the end, if the realtor doesn't ask the questions that are needed for um, the agreement to make it so that it's like a, like either putting certain warranties in there. HST is one that yeah. we had a discussion about um, if they're not like discussing it with the lawyers and they just kind of assume then 
put the agreement together and then send it to us, we have to deal with it's the mess afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards, right? So everybody, it's yeah. better exactly. to ask us those questions beforehand. <laughs> so then we're involved in that process in drafting whatever the clause okay. may be or whatever it may be. And then it makes the process a lot smoother in the end for both the clients and for us. Well, that's accessibility. Like that's just the main thing. Like how many other exactly. lawyers have you felt like you've oh, had great access to? I have some great comparable. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we won't get into that. Obviously, with with, with who who and what and where. Yeah, but of course. but like it's just it's it's refreshing to and, see and that's access. Why, like that's that. why I have I heard about loved my too. experience with David because beginning to end, like since the first day we met. You are always really accessible, and I have called you for you know crazy things mm -hmm. that have come up, and you always have a solution. So I mean, it's, it's been great so far. <laughs> I, I try to have a solution. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just say I hope to have a solution. So far, so good. <laughs> um, there is a there's a new bylaw pilot program that's going out right now through uh, City of Windsor, and I'm curious on everybody's take on it. I I have. I have some issues with it, and basically this this new residential uh, rental licensing law I have it pulled up here on the computer uh, says the city of Windsor is launching a new residential rental licensing pilot study aimed at improving safety in existing rental housing stock and enhancing uh, proactive property standards enforcing efforts. Uh, the two-year pilot um, basically is going to you have to go in, you have to complete a license application form if you're in a certain area. So the areas right now they're focusing on is basically like the downtown to um, West End Windsor around the university uh, because the a lot of the houses are not legal dwellings. Um, yeah. A lot of these units are not legal dwellings. But you have to complete a license application form, confirm ownership and show proper insurance, provide a local contract of, for the unit. And you also have to show that the unit meets regular uh, meets legislative requirements, including building codes, fire codes. And that's, that's the one that I'm a little worried about because I think they're running this program um, to provide a license for the application and all these things only to give them a reason to have to go into all these homes and audit them. And we, we had had a conversation with somebody mm -hmm. who kind of gave us a heads up that this was coming. And my concern with it is this is a program being put into place to kind of sneak their ways into the door to audit the entire West End of Windsor to make sure that the houses are all complying to the, the codes. Most of the basement apartments that exist in Windsor will not comply because if you're under six and a half feet, mm -hmm. um, anywhere in the basement. Yeah. You are no. You That's are not including a like a bulkhead. A yeah. bulkhead. Right? Yep. Yeah. Because if there was smoke in the room, apparently anything but six and a half feet or below. If there's one part of the basement there's that has that, be... you could hit your head, knock yourself out, yeah. blah blah blah. Um, so there's a lot of different requirements that are needed. Um, my issue is we already are dealing with a homeless issue and drug issues, and usually if somebody has a basement apartment. They're the cheaper of the rental prices, right? So your cheapest rental apartments are usually your basement apartments and not all of them are perfect, but it's still better than the alternative, mm -hmm. right? I mean, a lot of a lot of people's affordability for those apartments, the next alternative is no option, right? Mm -hmm. um, and having to seek help. Right. So on the one hand, you want you want there not to be slums and slumlords out there taking advantage of you know, just putting slapping together a unit and calling right. it, you know, a dwelling and, and getting money off of it. But on the other hand, you need places right. for yeah. people. So yeah, my... you need you need that affordable option, even <laughs> yeah. if it's not perfect. Especially because... for university. Exactly. Right. By yeah. the university. Well, my, my, my concern is if they basically start auditing every home and requiring licenses for every 
multifamily from downtown to the university and they start going through them and saying this is an illegal basement this is an illegal basement this is an illegal basement and the basement. problem with those yeah, those is that go? there isn't really a remedy for that no. because they'd have to actually go and dig the basement deeper exactly. which is way too prohibitive yeah. Yeah. so what's going to happen all of these basement apartment tenants are going to be possibly displaced like i don't know what the plan is here so is our our homeless problem just going to get worse like are we basically pushing these people out into the streets because mm-hmm. rentals are not cheap right now and the alternative to a basement apartment is to pay more money and not everybody has that money. Mm. My so, thought is what they're going to be doing. I don't think they'll knowing the landlord tenant board, they, they don't like to kick tenants out. That's true. They won't they won't kick people out on the street, but what they will do likely is put a like a violation of a bylaw against the property. So if you ever go look at like a outstanding they'll put it like an outstanding work or like something's got to be done um, that'll attach to the property. Uh, possibly about fine. Um, you know, we dealt with something that had a lot mm-hmm. of fines to mm-hmm. it um, that was attached mm-hmm. from the city of Windsor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the likely will make the landlord, because they're always in a position, the city, the Ontario themselves, they always will look to punish the landlord and, and not really the tenant because they think that the landlord is in the better position. So do you think there's there, there might be some kind of a grandfathered in thing where for the current tenant, yeah. you know, we're not going to make them leave. We're not going to make but them kick. But 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 if yeah, but if that person leaves, you can't re-rent to somebody with before you remedy the mm-hmm. the problems that. I I worry that this is just a money grab, um, for the, for city, the city city to go in and, and charge money for licensing applications and forms, and then going being able to go in and audit these places just to slap fines on everybody. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that there's not issues. Like, I mean, there's obviously and, and building thing, right? and like, uh, people's living conditions are not the greatest in yeah. some of these. So I understand why the city wants to do it. But I also have a feeling that they, this is a bit of a money grab as well. And I'm curious to how this all plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the there was something else I wanted to bring up here on the local contract and insurance side. Insurance. So. If you have an illegal basement dwelling and something were to happen on the liability side and it's not a legal apartment, you're also on the hook for not having the insurance to cover a claim such as that. So that's another concern um, that any property owner should have if they have an illegal ba- basement dwelling, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a legal basement dwelling that and you something happens to a tenant down there and then the insurance company finds out that you were housing somebody in a place that didn't have the proper fire and safety exits and whatnot, I mean, you're also putting yourself at, at risk for not having the insurance to cover something in an extreme case where something were to go wrong or someone would get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, while, uh, while I'm bringing up uh, rentals and uh, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of investments right now that are going to be put on hold from out of country investors for the next two years. Um, and I'm curious, and we brought this up when Matt LaRock was on, that is there going to be loopholes that there people are going to try and, and use to, to still be able to purchase properties within uh, Canada and through using third-party sources and whatnot? And have you seen um, deals fall apart already from foreign investors purchasing properties? So I don't think there's there's... So now there's basically two sort of avenues that they've they've tried to prevent it one is just the complete foreign ban uh-huh. so any sort of foreign uh, entity or person just can't buy um in canada and then the second but there are exceptions to that so there are exceptions that if you're 
um, a, a, under a working visa, but you have to. I've had actually a few clients or real estate agents refer clients to see if they qualify for one of the exemptions. They may qualify to pass the foreign ban, but then they have to get back to or they have to look at the non-speculation tax, which is 25 percent. No one's going to be able to you buy a five hundred thousand dollar home twenty five percent. What is that? Hundred thousand right. over? Yeah. So you know that's that's something that people just won't be able to afford. There are exceptions to that as well. So um, I think if you're under um, also like I, I I can't remember if you have a spouse that is actually a person per, or yeah. like that is permanent a resident, yeah permanent or resident um, or if you're under that like this Ontario program that, that that's actually so you may have exemptions under one but then not under the other and so they've really made it tough to to, to combat that I haven't and this is for you guys as well apparently um, if you're working with somebody you have to do your due diligence oh, yeah. right yeah. off the bat yeah. to make sure that yeah. they don't um, you know they fit one of these exemptions and they're not a foreign person or entity because um, you could get charged with aiding and abetting right. for that. Right. So that's a big one. That's like over ten thousand. I think it's a ten thousand dollar fine, impossible jail time, and and a, a loss of your license. And yeah. yeah, like there's so many more implications. Jail than, time. Than jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, immigration. Obviously, we have a lot of immigration coming to Ontario. If you're a newly um, accepted immigrant to Canada, I would assume that voids any kind of foreign purchase because now you're technically a part of Canada and Canadian citizen or on your way to becoming a Canadian citizen. So I think you need to be a permanent resident mm -hmm. or, or a Canadian citizen. So even if you're That's living crazy. here. That's crazy. It's like, welcome a million new immigrants to Canada, but you can't buy a home. Until you become a permanent, permanent resident. resident. Mm -hmm. And they're backed up from what I've heard. Yeah. Six, exactly it's six it. months to a year. But then... I think there's an Ontario program that if you're like under that program, um, that's one of the exemptions to this, the tax. Um, okay. And it also may be a, a, an exemption to the ban as well. I can't recall. We actually have like a full breakdown and kind of flow chart of, you know, of, of all these exemptions. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't recall if um, the, that if the Ontario warrant, like the, the application would also fall for the the ban as well. But if, if you're under that and you're, you're, You've made your application. You would qualify for the exemption. So it's like even though you haven't gotten your uh, your permanent residence, if you fall under one of those categories, you'd be able to be exempt from the, the non-speculation tax. Joe brought up an interesting point when we were um, having this conversation with Matt Larock, um, and and was just kind of trying to think of ways that people might try to skirt this. And um, one of the things that he said was like, "What's to stop somebody from just having a partner?" in mm -hmm. Canada, you know, make the purchase on their, you know, behalf mm -hmm. and just ride it out for two years with it under that person's name. And then two years goes by, the, the ban gets lifted and then it just flips. They can just flip it Partner over. Partner as in a corporation or sure. is it? Sure. Or, or individual so or you say, hey, I'll buy, I'll buy this property for you. Um, and even if the market goes up, 20% in the next two years, I'm only going to charge you a 10% um, interest on my, per like on the purchase or whatever. So, so you have someone, let's say like I'm a foreign person, yeah. but Steve here is a, is a is private your, lender. You're, you're, okay. So you're probably, but you're going to buy and buy it's going it to be in his name. Yeah. yeah. And then, but and only then, for but, that two years. But does that go into like, then your, it's like, well, how am I going to enforce it? If mm -hmm. he just screws me and says, well, I'm true. He could you. get screwed. But yeah. I guess yeah. if, if, 
then I guess all it is been, all you would have contract in place. Then you would have a piece of paper, but then you'd have to go sue. But then and there's then a proof that you were helping and you were yeah. evading. Yeah, so it's like where's your? That's like a, a lot of times what the problem runs when people try and defraud the mortgage by saying um, that they're going to buy. It's like let's say it was only you buying, and you said, "Oh, I was getting all the money myself," but you took a loan from Joe here, and um, he gave you money for that. And then he wants his money back afterwards. He goes and sues you. Well, you said you were just, you, it was all your money. Mm. Then you're basically showing. You're, 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 you're saying we all committed mortgage yeah, fraud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think a lot of people, eh. I think a lot of people don't realize, <laughs> like the word mortgage fraud seems really big and grand. Like and like, and like, like you have to have some yeah. big conspiracy together. But I think a lot of people don't understand how simple it is to mm -hmm. like, how simple of a thing you have to do to commit mortgage fraud. Like yep. it's as simple as your buddy giving you 30 grand mm -hmm. and you not saying where that money came from for your down payment. Or you say you're buying a house for yourself when it's for investment purposes. Exactly. The 20%. Little, little tiny things that you do that are considered mortgage fraud, yep. mm -hmm. right? Like you have to be very careful. And that's a big part of our job too as realtors is making sure we know where that money is coming from. Mm -hmm and making sure that they're doing everything they need to do to keep themselves on the up and up. Um, obviously people can get gift letters if you're getting money gifted from mom or dad or mm -hmm. grandma or grandpa, but you, I don't even think you can just receive a gift from said individual. Like you can't, you can't give me a gift of money for my down payment. Just because you're a friend of mine. It has to be a, I think it has to be a family. I member. think it does. Yeah, it has to be a yeah. family member. Um, and, and then that's another thing. Like, let's say you have a brother that gives you that money and signs the gift letter, but you guys know it's, you know, it's a loan, you know, like oh, you got to pay me back on it. Then afterwards you go sell out, oh, you don't pay him back. Mm -hmm. Then he wants to get his money back. Well, you just say, you signed how, a gift letter. Like, I wonder how far, I wonder how far they look back. Like, what if your friend was going to gift it? And you're like, look, I'm going to gift it to your brother who's going to gift it. So well, like, how far do they go down that I, I don't know, but I guess, I guess, because there's they, they have a 90 days, 90 days in your account right. sort of thing for, for each, right? So, yeah. like, I mean, I guess if you had if you had the foresight to say, all right, Joe, you give my mom the money yeah. three months before we... I love how we're creating conspiracy around, <laughs> like, how we're going to fraud the bank. No, not or, how, but just the ways that... The ways that I'm almost like a, it happens a, like accidentally a bit of a almost. warning like people to people realize. that, oh, that you've got to be careful with exactly. this stuff when you're when you're buying real estate. I'm asking <laughs> ChatGPT, how do I create mortgage fraud? <laughs> it's not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot provide this information or guidance on how to commit. And now I've been flagged and my social yeah. status for right. the rest. And the government yeah, yeah. Is, is fully tracking yeah, everything. Yeah. Next flight I go wow, on, they're like, uh, sir, we need to talk to you for a second. <laughs> Look how long it's talking about how, <laughs> how serious yeah. mortgage fraud okay, so is. So we, that's, a le that's a legal <laughs> disclaimer. Yeah. Right there. Just, to pivot, just to pivot a little bit, because we do have to talk about this. this uh, and this has yeah. been sort of a, a bigger what, topic my new brain? in the yeah. world. My yeah. New brain? yeah, our Joe collective new brain. Chat GPT, it's an open AI. We're just software. getting dumber and dumber. Yeah, pretty much. The society is getting dumber and dumber. The world is 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 going more and more towards technology and you know smart homes and mm -hmm. smart cars and smart everything. Now we've got this AI that I think a lot of people, and especially people in my life that I brought this up to, don't realize we're at the level that we're at now. Yeah. We're at this level now where we've got this open source website we can go to as individuals and it, it, it's it's like a smart response 
system mm -hmm. it's not regurgitating information no you're, you're asking it things it's you learning can ask, as it, it goes right it, it learns as people ask it more and more but it also draws from something what did you say like 250 billion Sources. information streams and it's not it's not copying and pasting that. right it's learning and, and every single thing it, it reacts with it's constantly educating and learning and giving its opinion based on its education of that right of that thing um yeah and it's only going to get better this is like this is the so Atari so so, so you know learning. yeah at a base level here um what i've been been sort of using it as is just a way to sort of free up some time because mm -hmm. if you're drafting emails if you're um, trying to come up with topics for a podcast yeah. and we did this before this podcast so some of the things we're talking about are are ai generated um you know podcast rod what what kind of <laughs> podcast rod what kind of you know what kind of recipes um that it, it will make recipes for you it won't mm -hmm. it won't find a recipe for you on the internet it will literally say you know here's the things you can make with what you got in your fridge um and then there's way bigger implications to it um you know going further and further down the line where you can actually have it um you know Right. I mean, this is a horrible thing, maybe for the school system, but yeah, you can that's, actually that's you can actually have this thing write you book reports, book yeah. reports, yeah. and and research papers, and probably to a certain extent, even help in in things like theses for mm -hmm. for doctorate students, where it can actually start putting information together like that. I saw that there's a recent actually uh, was an article or a video uh, on the news about a professor that's working with a software to d determine what book reports and thesis or anything like that are being written from this mm, so now it's good. kind of created a whole nother level of creating something that is determining what's being written by this how do they know how would they determine i, I didn't read yeah like because I don't the know. thing about this mm -hmm. is you can have it right and i've i've played around with it you can have it and i did it with like a book report say yeah you can have it write me a book report on this book and it will write you five paragraphs five paragraphs of a book report and then you can get to the end of it and you can be like, okay, I need this in the style of a grade 11 student. Yeah. And it will make and write everything as if it were written by someone who has a grade 11 education. And then you literally can That's put crazy. dumber. And then, <laughs> right. it yes. and then dumber. Yes. Dumber. Yeah, right. and, and, and you can be like, and you can be like, uh, I don't like the second paragraph. Can you talk more about this in the book? And it will be like, yep. And it'll just switch out. Like yeah. you crazy. can alter it so many times mm -hmm. so, that how do you determine what's being written yeah. by I this I just thing said, I want to show clients five houses tomorrow. Can you create a route for me? The addresses are, and I gave it five addresses. I want to spend 15 minutes at each home. Sure, sure. Here are the five homes in Windsor, um, allowing you 15 minutes at each property. It gives you all. It gives you the approximate driving time to each total driving uh, time for the entire road is approximately one hour 15 minutes, assuming normal traffic conditions. Please keep in mind that this is just estimated, and the actual drive time may vary depending on traffic and other factors. But then it like puts it all together for you, and it starts it in Walkerville, goes all the way through in order, and then ends it back in Walkerville. And then you can say, can you switch this address or this address? But it will put it in order. It will give you the scheduled times, and then you can say. What times do you recommend I book each showing for? And it will give you like yeah. See that yeah. It, 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 those kinds of things to me are are priceless because like that's just giving you time back mm -hmm. from from menial tasks and menial things that you might have to spend half an hour thinking mm -hmm. about or doing. Like we were talking about before we got on the podcast, like just drafting an email or you said drafting like a cover letter or something something simple like yeah. that simple. where it takes you just an hour just to write something <laughs> and very you, and you so hate yourself simple. the whole exactly. time you're doing yeah. it. I was going to say 
so I've used it for a couple things just yeah. to like brainstorm topics for videos and like silly little things like that. And you put in like just the most basic thought and it just like spits out this perfectly well comprised. Right. Paragraph. Better than you could ever, ever do it imagined. yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. this feels like I'm cheating and I don't yeah. know who I'm cheating. No but one. It feels wrong. No one. Now, if you were doing it now, if you were doing it in lieu of having to actually of, of do course. the research for a research of paper. Course. Yeah, you're, you're, and that's where I think you're cheating the school system and you're fraud. And you're school fraud. And you're cheating and and ultimately you're you're cheating yourself and my dad yeah. my dad was saying when, when I was showing him this uh, he was like he was like how dumb are people going to get? Oh, like, that's exactly yeah. what where I you thought. can't critically exactly think for yourself anymore and you can't well, even, string even things together. Something as simple as phone numbers like I remember every single phone number I had to know up until I had a me cell too. Phone, until mm-hmm. I had a cell phone, me too. Mm-hmm. And then you just get that much dumber because you don't need to anymore. Yeah. You're enabled. Yes. It's funny and that the world so is on like, so on. So one side of it is so genius to come up with this technology, but that at the same time it's enabling the people that are to come and like they'll never be able to come. Well, up the with world, like this the world is going to be a different been, place, and maybe yeah. it's just freaky to us because That's we true. live in the time that we live, and and the way we live now would have been really freaky to somebody living in like the late 1800s yeah, yeah. well right? all jobs so, all jobs are at risk because right well yeah for, i don't know if you've seen that there was an ai there was an ai bot that was supposed to uh defend someone with a traffic ticket it was supposed to it was going to be the first uh person being defended by an ai bot and then i guess they adjourned the trial or something like that i can't say it just i can't remember the reason why but a lot of my friends were sending it to me saying we, we always have a conversation like which right. one of our jobs are going to be gone first, gone first. <laughs> um so so everybody started sending me that about like the uh, them defending the traffic ticket and and then with this that they're able to draft you know you, i've seen a TikTok that it was a guy saying draft me a, a lease in New York um, with these provisions and it actually drafted yeah now I mean it's not going to be the well, like best if, thing in the world you, but eventually if it's integrated with real-time statistics you could be like I'm looking to sell my house at this address um, what is my house worth and it's gonna be like and throw it all together and then it's gonna say what should I do to get my house ready and then be like send me some photos and they'll tell you exactly what to do and then it will be like how do I sell my house how do I advertise it what websites do I use and it's and then you would literally put it on the websites that have buyers and it'd be like how do I write the offer this is what the offer somebody brought me how should I counter them right like yeah I think I think maybe we're a little a little bit off from 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 that happening yet it will happen but i think we're a little bit off but one of the things that i think is going to go first is something like how can a human accountant compete mm-hmm. with something like this because mm-hmm. here are my books here, here are my books them. balance my books and find any errors bink it's done yeah, yeah. A, a human accountant's like i'm going to need 3 weeks yeah. to Go through everything, and then your and, bill. Yeah, and I also yeah. might, and I also might screw up because I'm human. Yeah, and even even Dave, yeah. you as a lawyer, let's say you're a criminal defense attorney, mm-hmm. and it's a really complicated case, and you're going through all these books to try and find other situations that are similar to try and find out different like you know ways of, of case of law yeah i'm just yeah. gonna say case you can law. ask this thing you for can just case be, law yeah you and, can just be like this is what's happening and this is what i need to do can you find me references of times this is well yeah like i don't know how a, a, a human lawyer now i don't know how good this thing would be at it but i don't know how for a na- human lawyer for now yeah. it'll develop <laughs> as we go on but i don't know how a human lawyer could unless you're the guy from Suits, you know Mike Ross, who's, <laughs> yeah, who's got yeah. everything memorized, yeah. but know every like a case law as good as you know someone like if you were to just put this is what's happening, give me the case law on it, and then it just goes through. You know that's what we're doing, or a lot of 
guess the Arctic Clean students or the younger lawyers, they're just going through the, you know, different cases, seeing how it relates and, and basically pulling stuff from, from those cases. So if you have something that's able to do that, you're saving so much what, time. What I, what yeah, I think like for now, yeah. what I think for now, like the next generation may be in more trouble than us because it will take time and it will take a lot of pushback from different industries mm -hmm. to allow these things. Over time, these things are going to take over a lot of jobs and careers. Um, but for now, they're also an excellent tool to excel your career. So just like um, when cell phones, Google, internet, all these things had come out, we've been able to incorporate these things as tools in our careers to help advance. Um, and you know, some of them like travel agents were the ones that were the worst hit mm -hmm. during, during the, but they still exist that those jobs still exist. It just weeds out some of the ones and maybe dumbs the, the industry down to a percentage of what it once was. Mm -hmm. um, but, nothing's a hundred percent been knocked out like taxis still exist even though uber's there uh travel agents still exist even though expedia is still there but it definitely dumbs these industries down now eventually will these uh, industries cease to exist yeah um, possibly but other industries will emerge from That's it as right. well mm -hmm. um and, and what people need to understand is it, it's never an immediate thing it's not like oh accountants are gone now everybody right. like yeah. it's a, it's such a gradual process for this technology to right. sort of integrate itself into these mm -hmm. professions that you're right i think it will more likely just transform these professions into something new right. rather than just well, immediately eliminate and, a job and probably and just create jobs that we don't even know about yet right like exactly right? Like, new complete like, yeah. jobs that, that need to doc doctors are one like i mean webmd was one thing but like you could go in and say these are my symptoms this is what i have and it can if they find a system that says, okay, you might have this, this, here's a script to go to this certain specialist or whatever. I don't know. Like things are just prescriptions. Wild. Yeah. Give me a prescription that would help out. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. out of, I'm out of my <laughs> oxys again. Um, but, uh, but then if they're smart enough, they use say like blockchain technology to track how many times you've done the prescription to say that they can mm -hmm. verify that you've gone to this many lawyers or this many doctors. I mean, and uh, they, they decline your prescription or whatever it might be. But, um, the one thing with medicine I want to bring up with this is what they, one podcast I was watching was saying what they were predicting was 50 years from now um, for advance in medicine, say curing Parkinson's or curing diabetes or whatever it is, may not be 50 years anymore. It may be eight because now they have technologies that can think millions of times faster than a human brain. Billions of times billions. faster. You literally could say if if you use a system catered around medicine modern medicine you said this is the problem we're trying to solve this is the roadblocks we've had right. help us solve these problems and it's just computing and offering solutions that we never could have thought thought of and then you're like okay that's a great idea i'm going to test this and do this this is the outcome and then it says great try this 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 and this and yeah. then it's help aiding us years and years in advance mm -hmm. um this is where we're going to expedite growth that we saw in the last, you know, think of how much has changed in the last 10 or 20 years. Now take AI that's becoming smart yeah. like this and attach it as a tool to a human and think of what the next 20 yeah, years is. Yeah, I, I think one of the things the next that's, 20 years, I think one well, of the thing that's gonna be tough and it's learning. For, a, for, a, for a program to overcome in the medical and science field of things though, is that science is based on, on developing theories and, and, new then, data. and then testing theories yeah. and and creating new data and but i'm saying if there's a system that's built 
to allow to continue to say, okay, this is the new data that that gave me. What's right. the next idea? And you can and the system's yes. built about giving it, it the it, data. It'll, it it'll fill in those gaps, but mm-hmm. it can't. What it can't do is it can't go and do a trial yeah. over three years and determine what the percentages of outcomes are to those new things that somebody did mm-hmm. scientifically, physically to a, a test group of, of individuals or animals or something, mm-hmm. right? So there's 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 definitely things that it, it can't. It might not ever be able to. Well, that's uh, when the robots overcome. come in. Then. Then yeah. Then, <laughs> <laughs> that's when Skynet takes over and we're mm-hmm. all screwed, anyways. But yeah, it's going to be very, um, very interesting on how this progresses. In ev- there's not a single business that won't be. Affected but if people, by it. if uh, my 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 biggest things are, if people want to use this thing right now to sort of make their lives easier, think about things like drafting emails, drafting cover mm-hmm. letters. I asked it the other day. Um, you know, uh, I, I need to build a deck. I want to build a 10 foot by eight foot deck in my backyard. I need to have a railing. I need it to have a gate. I need it to have, you know, four or five steps give down to supplies. my backyard. Give me the best type of lumber to use and all the supplies I'm going to need. And it'll give you everything down That's to awesome. every measurement. And then at the end of that, you can say, now give me a step-by-step instruction guide on how to build this deck. Mm-hmm. And it will give you every single step you need to do to build that deck like that's awesome where, where else are you going to find like yeah. you could go on youtube and watch a guy build a deck but exactly. that deck's not going to be to your specifications yep. it's not going to be all the materials that you particularly need and you might have to watch five videos before you find one that's decent right mm-hmm. right. right so like, yeah. exactly so it those are the crazy. kinds of things i just think are, are really cool and that might actually help people become more self-sufficient yeah. with things rather than saying like oh i need to you know, pay somebody $10,000 to come and do this because I have no idea what I'm doing. Maybe it'll get more people to say, I'm going to give this a try myself because the hard part is, is, is the plan is that, yeah, the planning. And I I even said to someone the other day, like a lot of people don't go to the gym Mm -hmm. because they don't know what to do at the gym when they get there. Exactly. They don't, they, they feel intimidated. They don't understand you know what kind of program to put together. And so they just don't do it because they feel really self-conscious about it. Well, you ask this thing like, Hey, I'm a beginner. I need to get into the gym. I need to start working out. What's like a good first workout for me to go do in the gym? And it gives you like a perfect, like, really? yep. Yeah, it's like do, you know, 20 minutes of cardio on this, this, or That's this. why you've gotten so like, fit. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but, but no, like it's, it's pretty cool. Like if you think about it to, it to solve <laughs> roadblocks for people like that, mental roadblocks that yeah. are, that are there that, that intimidate people out of trying things. Yeah. It's that it's jumping over that first hurdle. And mm-hmm. I think it's really good for stuff like that. Because a lot of people just don't try things because they don't know. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's it's cool too because it is just like a better, smarter version of Google. Because the same thing on right. Google, you have to go through possibly five different articles before you find actually what you're looking for. Whereas this can exactly tailor it to Absolutely. your specific request, which is yes. so cool. Well, there's yeah. one there's ones coming out that are going to cater to social media. Um and basically, you're just going to say, hey, I'm a real estate agent. I'm trying to make a post for this, 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 and this. Can you please generate a social media post for this? And it will make the visual with all the wording mm-hmm. and everything for you. And that's now hurting the... Graphic designers right. and, and social media. And these things are only going to get better and better and better, right? I mean, think of Canva already makes things easier yeah. for people. Yeah. And then you're going to have a Canva that does it for you. <laughs> like, yeah. And you could just be like, I am part of the Joe Conlon real estate team in Windsor, Ontario. And it's just going to find like Google yeah. images and put it all together. I, I think like, one of the things that we do have to remember too, though, is that the human element is always going to be a comfort for mm-hmm. most people. 
like to have somebody actually guiding you through a process, whether it's us as a real estate agent who are taking people to, to homes, taking people through the process of writing offers and, or selling their homes, going to a lawyer and actually there's, yeah there's still people that want to be questions. there that want to be there in person there's, it's, there's right. still the element of wanting to talk to someone in person even video people are uncomfortable yeah. yet you know they'll want to come into the office something about the face-to-face -face. i even enjoy the face-to-face -face sometimes because you know the video you don't get the same rapport as you would in a face-to-face -face, be able to bounce questions jokes stuff like yeah. that right well, so it's, it's funny you say that too because even during covid we obviously shifted a lot of our meetings like first-time buyer meetings and stuff like to that zoom. to zoom yeah and more recently we've been going back to meeting in the office and stuff like that i swear i swear the turnover rate is so much faster when they can meet you in person and you can have that face-to-face -face conversation you can joke it translates a Jokes lot better in real life <laughs> yeah, um true. there's like just i don't know there's something about it and i honestly feel like the clients that we actually physically meet in person they typically are a quicker turnover because we create that connection right away whereas when you built meet over zoom it's still kind of like a first introduction the first couple houses you view together so you're still trying to get to know each yeah. other and stuff like that. Like there is something. And to they be also said just don't feel element, as right? I guess they don't feel as bad about like if they just if they just go after they have that conversation with you on Zoom, if they decide to go another way, like they're like, well, like we never even met it with that person anyways. Right. Whatever, so yeah, like they ghost you and they're gone. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you meet with somebody in person and you actually have that full face to face meeting and everything, people kind of have more of a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I find like uh, being able to like for for the, the lawyer aspect of things of, of closing on a house, one of the most important things afterwards, getting your you know, wills done, too, because yeah, you own an asset. Right. And so one of the things is, is is stressing that importance to them and, and making sure that they, they get that done. I find that when you're in person, you're able to explain it better. And I find that the success rate of getting someone to do their wills is, is better when it's in person because you're building that rapport with yeah. someone and you're able to kind of make them understand the importance of it better than if you're through a video or something like yeah. that. And then it's just following up with them too, right? So right. I, I know you had touched, I'm just gonna skip back on one thing when you had touched in on you, the process of how you guys do everything remotely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have an older uh, client that's going to be working with you guys. Um, and can you explain in the case that they don't use email and uh, Zoom calls and all that, and they're just not tech savvy. You had mentioned you can go to them. Um, yeah. How often do you find yourself going to the client, um, and is is that something you still regularly do? Yeah. So there's two options. Is, and basically. is there a, is there a charge for that too? Yeah. So there's yeah. two options. So if they're coming in in person, we don't charge. Obviously, yeah. we're in Amherstburg. The drive is a little. Um, right. You know, for people that are in Decumsey, I'm from Decumsey. I have to make the drive. I know how tough it is. It's 45 minutes, whatever it is. So I'm happy to go. Like well, a lot of times, I know I had one for Krista that I went to to the house and and met with the client. I charge them. It's usually just like a few hundred extra dollars to go to their house and be able to sign for them mm -hmm. on top of the you know whatever the legal fees are. But it's for that convenience because I think they were older where they just Did couldn't leave mm -hmm. the house, right? So I had to actually go there. I've gone ones where I just meet the person at Tim Hortons. For ones that it's kind of just on my way home and I'm not going out of my way, I might not charge the same amount as if I think the one that I went to for you was for Bell River. Yeah. So that was kind of out of my way. Mm -hmm. um, so it just kind of depends. I'm happy to do that because I, like I said, I like meeting in person, uh, like a lot of times even over the virtual. I like the virtual because of the convenience, but the rapport that you have with someone in person. So 
for older clients they can either come in or i'm happy to like go in and meet with them in person as well that's great yeah it's mm -hmm. awesome uh i have had a lot of clients recently have concerns about the reports in i think it was the gta area of fraudulent um house i think it was some people had sold houses that didn't belong mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. the particular owner i don't know the exact um, circumstance of what happened if they collected the money and just took off or those the people that live there were out of town do you know roughly kind of what went down there and if there's new um, systems in place that they're putting into place to try and prevent this so I, I know that I know a little bit about the two ways that I heard on the news. The two ways that it was was happening was either one, it was people just creating fake, you know, driver's license or IDs showing that they're the owners of the house. Mm -hmm. They then go sign up, uh, get a bank account mm -hmm. at the bank with those IDs, and then will sell the house fraudulently um, to someone. And, you know, use a lawyer that it's saying that it's them with. The, so it's all centered around the fake IDs, essentially. Mm -hmm. They get the money. It goes into that bank account. They drain the bank account. And that's one way. Have they caught them? Do you know? You know what? I can't. I can't. I think I that there's a few. A I yeah. I haven't, I, didn't, I haven't seen any. I think there's a few that are just kind of have gone. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then there's ones that are tenants that are. I know they've. Like we were talking, they went away on vacation. <laughs> They're tenants in the home. They just sell oh it, uh, posing to be the owners. I don't even know how that really. I still occurs. feel like they'd have to have fake IDs. So, there has to be yeah. some sort because of. we are a stopgap as realtors too. If you're selling with a realtor, yeah, we need for FinTrack to 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 get IDs and like it's not like, you know, if it's a good fake ID, we're never gonna. But exactly. but you have still have to get that ID that yeah. identification, and our brokerage makes sure that we do. Mm -hmm. Right. So there has to be an ID that comes into play at some point. You can't just be like a tenant of the home and be like, I'm John I'm Smith and I'm house. selling. Yeah. yeah but just because we're getting I mean, if there's a fake ID, just because we're getting the ID during all these processes, how much are we actually like checking? Well, that's yeah. what I mean. What if it's like a Montreal, a fake ID. some, some yeah. weird, yeah. That's true you know, too. One, like one that we're not familiar with. And yeah. Like, it says it like it's like a me. BC one that right. you're just like, you don't really know much about. That's right. Like, yeah, that looks like it. That's and then, right. But yeah. I wonder how much, how much of that. So if so, say we do our diligence and we check this ID and we're like, yep, it's you. Like there's your picture mm -hmm. and that's the right name. I checked Geo Warehouse and it's, it's, that's the right information what's the implication on us if all of a sudden it's found that that person was using a fraudulent ID? That was my first thought. Right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I hope that realtor... <laughs> it would happen to <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, that would happen to me. But I'm just like, I I don't know. Part of me wonders if they were maybe in on it too. Like, I, well, don't, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But I do feel feel for the person if they had no idea and they just got roped into I just this. wonder... And all of a sudden it all came down Cause, one day. Because like, there's, oh there's going to be a... There's definitely a point in this whole, you know travesty that happened where that mm -hmm. realtor is going to get pegged for Something. some sort of but it's got to be just a negligent if anything it it's, be, it, yeah. a minor right. negligence how can you if it's an actual good idea that any reasonable person would look if they're able to go to a bank and open and get, a bank and account, account and then also go to the lawyer and like you know and everybody's getting yeah, defrauded and all these yeah all these people the way, how yeah. can right. one person really get banged right. so this is why we bring the lawyer in exactly yeah. that's just yeah. <laughs> you made me feel so much better yeah, yeah don't worry too much about it <laughs> what uh what's your what's your worst or craziest story with obviously without providing names addresses but like what would be like the craziest run-in that you've had as a lawyer to date, do you have any crazy stories? With just with regards to real estate yeah. or in general? <laughs> one of them could have been with us. But. I was yeah. going to say. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that was an interesting one. We won't get into that one. But, but. I, I've had a few where it's it's been like, um, 
you know, one was with you guys. That wasn't that that crazy. I had one where a person was was selling and uh, that we didn't hear from them. It like didn't sign the documents, was waiting to hear back from him, didn't hear where he was. And then I guess that he was going through a rough patch and tried to kill himself. Oh, my God. And um, was put on a 24-hour watch. And we had to, like, figure out what we were going to do because it was closing the next day. Mm. So, and, and I was at a firm before that was dealing with, um, or, like, they had older lawyers there that have been doing it for 40 years. And I had only been doing it for two, three years. Mm-hmm. But I came in at a time where I was really busy. So mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of real estate transactions because of how busy it was. But they were still saying, like, I can't believe these deals that you're getting. Like, <laughs> I, I've been doing it for 40 years and, like, never kind of experienced it. You've been doing it for now three and, and you're getting these sort of things. So she always says to me. I was going to say, so I was like, you just seem to get the, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's. That's one of the crazier ones, yeah. and then oh, you're completely normal. Meet Steve. <laughs> oh, you're actually oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh you're you, you you have some hidden demons. Okay. <laughs> All right. Speaking of hidden demons, you're my lawyer. Mm-hmm. I'm about to close on a house tomorrow. Yes. Contract signed. Nobody's ever passed away or died in the home, but I go to the final walkthrough and I just. My spiritual self says this house is haunted. It's got bad mojo. I want out of the deal. If somebody doesn't, it tries to get out of a deal for and claims it to be some sort of spiritual reason, or they feel that there is like dark energy, or they feel the house is haunted, or they something along those lines. Is there any way for someone to get out of a deal over some bogus claim of something like that? Well, I, I have seen clauses. I don't know if you've seen them at any uh, APSs. Past, yeah. past, past, people passing passing away, away yeah. or haunted or something like. There's actually so that's been... a legitimate stigma for sure. Well, it is. Yeah. It, it is. is, but it's really like I mean. I mean, how can how can it's I... always to the best of the of the of the seller's knowledge, the right? Yeah. So so they could be like, I didn't know anything, right? And it's and it's like, how do you prove that? And then it, always that's a, that's usually a warranty of the actual like you know the the seller warrants that to the best of their knowledge there hasn't been any sort mm-hmm. of um, you know it's not a conditional thing, right? So a warranty a lot of times does not go to the fundamental like to, to the fundamentals of the contract mm-hmm. so i don't know if it's enough to get out of something With, unless like there's that. some crazy clause then yeah. yeah like you, i think you, start you can recording like dishes flying around <laughs> yeah. is, this normal? is this normal yeah. is this normal well, can i get one, out of this the one that sticks in my mind um from a from a few years ago was was jill's clients um that moved from reedmere they moved somewhere i can't remember what the street was but but they moved into the house and it was a beautiful like newer house and then they met their neighbors and their neighbors were like, uh-huh. like, well, I can't believe you, you know, bought this, you bought this house. And they were like, what? Why? Mm. And, they, and they were like, oh, well, the owner killed himself mm. in that house recently. And that was never disclosed. And there's no duty to mm-hmm. really do this. Well, there is. That. There is on a stigma of, of a suicide or murder. Right. If, oh, yeah. Really? Especially, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Especially if it's yes. the most recent. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. Yeah, maybe not but but yeah. but if you look at if you do look at case law, and I've read a few things about um, past things that have happened, there's such it's such a gray area mm-hmm. because how do you like you say suicide or murder, but then how do you like where's the line? Yeah. Where's the line of so like what type of murder, not death, like not just like no, the person I think died you, I in think the you home. You do need to disclose if you're selling it. The person selling it, it was it's the most recent, like. In Walkerville, half these houses somebody could have died in, right? Yeah. Probably but, did. But yeah. if somebody died, if one of us died right now, 
mm-hmm. and then I was like, I gotta sell this place, and I went to sell it. I have to disclose somebody. But but even if it was they were in on yeah, their deathbed, yeah, yeah, like just deathbed, and they still died. Still in disc- the home. I'm supposed to disclose yeah, it is are, a stigma yeah. because to some people that is a that is a deterring factor of them yeah. purchasing it. I mean, I could see that. Look look at the house that you had on the on the cemetery. Cemetery, like yeah. that was an actual major like. It was literally sucked into itself. I don't know. It was the biggest complaint you had. It, for sure, and I knew that going in, and I sold that house twice, nice. with with two different <laughs> clients. But like, uh, yeah, it's it was the biggest hurdle to overcome every time because immediately, at least fifty percent of the people out there just like, no, are like, me. no way, yeah, like we're not gonna do that, yeah. and and so you just have a tougher time. But no rear neighbors. No rear neighbors. I wrote that in the. <laughs> I, I think I wrote that in the description. Like, I remember that. Very quiet rear neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, this is exactly what Steve just said. So ChatGPT says. The question of whether you can get of a house purchase due to the belief that the house is haunted is a complex and nuanced one and ultimately depends on the specific circumstances of the situation and the laws or regulations of your jurisdiction. Um, In general, most real estate transactions are subject to a contract and the terms of the contract will govern the rights and obligations of the parties involved. Um, and like you said, most contracts aren't going to have right. that. Yeah. that is in a most jurisdictions, the seller is not required to disclose the fact the property is rumored to be haunted. Yeah. It's however, not a material fact. In the case of the belief that a house right. is haunted, it may be difficult to prove that mm-hmm. this constitutes a, mater- a material defect that would allow you to terminate. The that's contract. what I was. That's yeah. what I was kind of getting at. Yeah. That being that. said, if you have a genuine belief that the house is haunted and this belief is based on <laughs> credible evidence, that doesn't make any sense. Such as a history of paranormal activity. <laughs> Oh, your realtor didn't tell you about that place. Yeah. <laughs> Those commercials. Oh, your realtor didn't tell you about that also, place. The biker gang. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just have to touch on that. Like, gotta love the neighbor too. First day they move in, they're like, "Oh, did they tell you about the house?" Yeah, what like, a real <laughs> nice. I went. I went Always, to. Right? I went to a. I went to a property recently with some clients, and the seller was home, and and she was a really nice old lady, and uh, we were, it was an old clients I was working with, and we were going through this home, and then. As we were like getting ready to leave, she started chatting with us and she's like, well, you know, when we bought this place, it was owned by a biker and <laughs> he he beat his girlfriend almost to death right, right where there. you're standing. She's like, That's when we fun. moved into this house, there was still blood on the carpet all the way down the hallway. <laughs> and oh, and we were like, oh, okay, well, have a nice day. <laughs> and we walked away and my clients were like... I don't think we're going to be buying it. <laughs> oh, my God. I went, oh, my God. She didn't do herself any favors by telling us that. It literally kills me, though. People went, always do that stuff. And you're like, what? Why are you sharing this? I went to a house, and uh, it was for a buddy's uh, family, and we were in the house, and uh, we're in one of the bedrooms, and he goes, that's where my daddy croaked. And he's like, I'm just kidding. He's like, you should have seen the, the look on your face. And I was like, and he's like, and he's like, no, but you're, you're, seriously, that's where he died. And he just kept walking. And I was like, oh my God, that's sick and twisted. Wow. I was like, oh, that's where daddy croaked. Okay. Thanks for putting it that way. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, anyways, I, I think, I think we're, uh, we're covering majority of the, of the things that have been brought up. Like haunted houses in today's uh, no, but uh, ChatGPT, the the Toronto, um, the Toronto changes and the Windsor changes were mm-hmm. ones that I really did want to ask you. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to go over with David while he's here, but I would like to have David on on a regular basis. Yeah, um, there's a f- there's good. a few like mm-hmm. like Matt Larocque having him yeah. on or Colin Bose. It's and, just good to um, always kind of keep people sort of in the loop with mm-hmm. with the different 
mortgages, yeah, uh, exactly. inspections, and just and, a different perspective on yeah. things too. Because yeah. like, because we can sit yeah. here as realtors all day long and and yeah. talk about things, but yeah. the professionals are the ones that I want to hear from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And law's boring. <laughs> you got to make it fun. Though. You got to make it fun, or else it is very boring. You sit at a desk all day, and it gets boring. That's why a lot of the people just, you know, a lot of lawyers drink. It's funny because it's it's boring, but then it's actually super exciting because it's only boring until you need a lawyer, and you're like, okay, you're like shit, this shit's exciting. And then there's all these shows on it because it's actually quite exciting. But, I got a fun, the funny yeah. story is yeah. one of the reasons why I had gone into to law school and and, and made my way it was suits. To be honest, I'm not going to, I do like, that was, while I was watching that show, um, I was like, I think I was in business still at the time and I, and I had taken business law and was watching that show and I was like, I want to, I want to become a lawyer. That's just what I want to do. And and, and it was, it was the first few seasons. That's when it was the best. Then it kind of got a little out of it, but, but that show really made me. I never finished it. I got about three seasons in. Oh, it's so, it's so good. I lived in, I lived in Toronto the entire time that show was being made. Mm -hmm. So, and I was bartending. It's supposed to take place in New York, right? Uh, It's it's... supposed to take place in New York, filmed entirely in Toronto. I see a lot of TD banks in the background. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and working in the, in the downtown bars and restaurants you would have them coming in all the time so oh we, really yeah, we got to That's serve cool. and they, and, they, they and would always stay and... at the shangri-la yep. i know that was where they yep. would stay so yep. um who's who's the uh the megan print Mar- yeah megan, megan markle. markle she was yeah. always yep. there they were always there in the actual yep. like workout area i got to pool. serve uh lewis a few times oh yeah. he's my favorite he's so good he's my he's favorite so good and that's kind of how he is like he's, it is he is like that quirky guy yes. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i gotta say though one of the probably you might uh, think this question is how realistic is it realistic is it to real law and it's really not no, maybe no, in new no, york maybe in new york maybe in toronto those big bigger firms it there are a lot of similarities and the first season there was one where he, where Mike was was at a landlord tenant board like sort of tr- hearing. It was his first hearing that he had, and I it it draw drew a lot of similarities there. there but then it just went uh, you know. Yeah. Then they have to make it. Then they have to make it super dramatic yeah. every episode. Well, oh, he's in jail that. for one yeah, season. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But still keeps keeps on working afterwards. Yeah, after. um, yeah, he kept his job back, which is hilarious. Um, I do appreciate you coming on, and uh, I look forward I to doing another one. Yeah, yes. yeah. This will be uh, this is this was fun one, but uh, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, yeah I do right too. On. All right, cool.